Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Oh, hey, what's up? It's me, Matt Martins, and I'm here with my friend EJ. And hey, I'm EJ Sanders, and I'm here with my friend Matt. Hey, what's up? This is our podcast, Just Dad Reading Books, where we're just going to talk about some kids' books, uh, books that are definitely just for kids, no heavy themes in these books. We just talk about books (laughs) that are just like simple little, oh, children don't know anything about anything. So, uh, EJ, what's this week's just like super simple, like totally basic, kids are dumb book? Like, what's the book we got this week? yeah it's it's root magic and uh matt i hate to inform you this one's not for dumb anybody oh no (laughs) it's a it's a deep heavy book uh let's yeah okay this one's by eden royce who uh we'll talk more about eden royce later but this is eden royce's first novel and it looks like first children's uh writing uh she mostly does a lot of short fiction uh primarily in the like southern gothic horror genre we'll talk about that more later but uh this book let me introduce you to root magic and to lead with that i want to say this is a book that was completely unassuming i was just walking around my local library there's a there's like a new releases shelf in the library saw the cover to this one and went oh, that's cool and i'm just looking for any and old any book i'm just looking for books to read that's all just i want to do books for so kids I'm just right, i was just like taking notes of any cover that looked kind of cool and this one looked like yeah. a good length a fun book and uh, so we just slapped it on the list without thinking any more of it didn't even read the synopsis <laughs> didn't know what the book was about just was like ah, i'll just we'll just do this one at some point uh and then we were like yeah okay let's finally let's get around to this one and it says magic in the title we're trying to do like a fantasy thing let's read more fantasy yeah. books this is probably a fantasy so then we read the plot synopsis <laughs> of this book <clears throat> It's 1963, and things are changing for Jezebel Turner. Her beloved grandmother has just passed away. Okay, death. Check. Got it. The local (laughs) police deputy won't stop harassing her family. Oh, okay, cop stuff. Check. Uh, Now... With school integration arriving in South Carolina, Jez and her twin brother Jay are about to begin the school year with a bunch of new kids. Oh, this book is about some stuff, ain't it, EJ? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, this book is incredible, and it and it hits you right away. It it doesn't. It doesn't. um, This book doesn't slow down. This book is all gas, no brakes. It is um, from start to finish, just about a lot of heavy things and it but really it's also about i don't know how to describe it this mythical way of being in the world yeah. um in 1963 right sure. uh and so that that'll be like something that we talk about today but uh ov- overall this book is just uh, it's about all of these really real uh deep rooted issues yeah. uh that folks in the south had to deal with in the 60s yeah. obviously and then it's also this like really intense fantasy yeah it, and it's so let's let's start with the setting uh today we want to just straight up recommend this book to you yeah uh, so we are not is, gonna, we're gonna spoil kind of as little as possible because yep you 
people, you gotta, you have to read this book. Like, the, I think this is the best book we've read. I mean, the Avatar stuff I love too for its like world building fantasy. It's like, do, it's like kind of doing a whole different thing, but it also has the backing of like a whole legion of people who've been working on a world, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and to compare, Root Magic is based on um, a real culture and a whole yeah. real ancestry and a whole real, like all of that stuff is still here. It's just not uh, this sort of like fun fictional universe. It's like uh, people actually do uh, what they call Root Magic and Root Work. Uh, and this, yeah. is a, this has been stuff that's passed down for generations. And there's an author's note at the end of this book that it's just like, this is all based on my lived experience of yeah. my aunt and my grandmother <laughs> or my great aunt and my grandmother and the, right. the stories they would tell me as I was growing up. What, what What's what's insane about this book, too, is that like unlike the, the Avatar books, yeah. um, that are kind of written for older people. This book yeah. is recommended eight to 12. So it's like, and it fits that even though it's deep, like oh, there's nothing it, uh, inappropriate for an eight year old. I would say that's exactly what I'm saying yeah. is that it it is still, I absolutely believe that as well. Like um, that this, this book is absolutely for eight to 12. They yeah. nailed the age range <laughs> and it's still about stuff that is just like, uh, I wasn't reading anything about this when yeah. I was eight to 12 years old. Yeah. So, yeah, this is absolutely about real world stuff, which is like we've been covering, you know, the the South in the 60s, uh, civil rights movement. We talk about Martin yeah. Luther King Jr. We talk about JFK in this. Like yep. we talk about real world events and teach real world history and we teach real world, real family history that mm -hmm. is overlooked in so many other stories and that's where the genre stuff of this book comes in i think that'll be our goal today is actually come up with what the genre of this book is yeah. i think that that'll be kind of like our overarching goal is to come up with a good name sure. for what this is yeah. because it is it is wholly unique yep. which is something that um we can basically not say about a lot of the books we've read right. there's there's not a lot of wholly new, unique books. I mean, the Avatar universe obviously is incredibly fleshed out already yeah. um, for FCE. So, you know, FCE being able to elaborate on that is great. But uh, this book is just complete original thought yeah, absolutely. That, with, with just a lot of context involved. And I think it's incredible. Yeah. My biggest pitch is it certainly belongs in the broad categorization of fantasy right but we think of fantasy right. to mean so many different things i mean um the lightning thief percy jackson w was a fantasy right it's it's a oh it's, it's well and that's a whole other thing we can <laughs> talk about sort of like basing these books on like ancient cultures and and passed down stories or whatever but um i think medieval fantasy and like dungeons and dragons stuff and and lord of the rings has sort of taken over the the vision of what fantasy means which is why then we sort of decide to like have a bunch of subcategories but at the very least i want to just call this a fantasy book and it applies to our fantasy uh goal of sort of like working kids up to terry pratchett and this gets to be for me this is a part of that even though it's like a vastly different kind of fantasy it's it's magic it's it's got all of these things but what i love about this book is within its genre it's using the real life stories of root magic to uh, sell you on this mythos of this new kind of magic, which, you know, 
root magic as the book describes it is sort of based on i mean it's 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 potions and spells and you know witch doctors are what these people are often called by the people in their community uh and some of it is based on animal sacrifice but what's yeah super cool about this book is our main character jezebel mm-hmm. like is also at odds with those things is not into yeah. killing animal like doesn't want to do those things but like root magic is still a part of her history uh you start with her grandmother dying and her grandmother was a very well-known root worker in this town and not only is there like root magic in quotes there is just the stuff like potence and and things to heal people and make Mm -hmm. people feel better and uh, all this stuff that these people this family sells they take to market and they sell uh just all this stuff so within all of that though there is a kind of horror underbelly to it all right i mean you're talking about uh what is it boo hags and uh i'm trying to remember all the different monsters that are in this but but it's like hags are really the biggest one yeah but there's there, there are uh southern gothic monsters in this and there is an overwhelming sort of haze over the whole world like we're in you know we're in uh the marshes of south carolina like there is it it feels dark it feels like a horror but it never is overly scary but it's still it's that kind of a fantasy it's a dark fantasy i would say well it's more of the traditional uh way of describing horror right horror Mm -hmm. is more of the concept of something being um versus it trying to be terrifying right 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 horror in the classical sense of the word is not necessarily about things that are terrifying but things Mm -hmm. that are horrible right so that's that's kind of how i think of horror this is this is really uh more towards that ladder where it's just like these things exist but that doesn't make all of these things bad or good there's right. no there's no bad or good in this right they they do discuss that too there's a lot of um you know good versus evil talk you know i think that's one of the biggest uh themes in the book is the good versus evil talk but then yeah. you know that evolves even past you know good and evil there's right. there's you know there's no holy good person and there's no holy evil person right yeah. like that's that's kind of the point the book gets to it definitely does and one of my favorite points in the story that i i felt like they sort of incredibly subtly called back to all the time was we're talking about a a setting where it's people that are dealing with oppression and i'm not even just talking about you know black people in the south in the 60s and 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 various other eras but this book even talks about within even that culture people doing root work are a minority that are looked down upon, right? Because right. What, you're talking about a culture that sort of demonizes this voodoo magic. And so the story is about like my family, other black people look down on us because they think we're contributing to this like evil magic thing that we all get blamed for or whatever. Um, and within it's, it's, that, within that like, story of oppression there is this really cool idea that that constantly toes with which is this sense of like getting ahead of someone before they've actually oppressed you and that not necessarily being wrong there's moments where a cop comes up and the mom is just like not having it get the heck out of here i am you know and and it's 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 like a new sheriff in town who maybe maybe wants to do some good you don't know but maybe they want to do some good but this family has a history of 
not dealing with good cops. So why on earth should I trust you? But the line that is so interesting to me is there's a moment where Jez meets a new girl named Susie and she's yep. immediately standoffish with her. And then internally she goes, I don't know why I was doing that. I don't know why I was being, right. she didn't do, she didn't actually do or say anything mean to me. I got ahead of her and I started, I didn't, I decided not to be friendly towards her, which was only going to be get more unfriendliness. So I chose to, to just turn that around and be friendly. And that's like the story of Jezebel is like, yeah, maybe I can through some sort of without discrediting why like she never blames her mom for being uh very right. upset with all the things that have happened in their life but she still seeks kind of like a a progressive way forward of like i don't know you and i don't know your goals so i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best to carefully assume good intent and that's that's like amazing in this book well and back to her mom and, you, and you're right like Je this is the story of jezebel's growth but uh, I do want to go back to her mom. You were talking yeah. earlier about how, you know, how everybody fits into this, this culture yeah. differently. Right? right. And how even within their own family, her mom doesn't participate right in root magic, right. In root work. So that's it. That's where, that's what we're getting at is like, you know, I guess we can go ahead and get into this a little bit, which sure. is how we view mythology and how we view, um, these sorts of deep rooted stories that we get told and, and yeah. are passed down and, and how they're part of our, uh, our culture, right. Or how, and I won't say our culture, but uh, other people's sure. culture um, and how those stories are told and how people are a part of those stories, how the, how folks just one or two generations removed yeah. are a part of the stories. And I think that's what makes this story so impactful about root magic and, and, and root work is the fact that, her grandmother, Jezebel's grandmother, is is deeply involved yes. in root work, and her uncle is deeply involved in in the sort of mythology around it, right? Mm -hmm. Like in the in the voodoo, in in the magic, in yeah. the in the work itself. And some and like you said, some of it is just making tinctures to make people feel better. Yeah, and some of it is actual magic. Right. You know, it's like that's oh, what's man. so incredible. About and it. what I love is for a good portion of like the first half of this book. You don't know if there's any real magic like that. They, right. they keep doing stuff and it just subtly suggests that like maybe that had to do with the magic. I, I don't know. It, it, there'd be, <laughs> it really is just a human story for like a vast majority of it. And like the basically the story is about Jezebel and her twin brother learning root magic from their uncle. Their 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 yep. grandmother dies. It's now time for them to get passed down these uh the these incantations and 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 potions and recipes they need to learn this stuff because this stuff needs to be kept alive in the tradition of their family yeah. so their uncle is teaching them all this stuff their mom has some opposition towards it and they have to do it kind of in secret because society at large doesn't mm -hmm. you know looks down on this stuff even though as the book loves to point out like you look down on it and then you all show up to market and you ask for my healing potions and all of like you you don't get to pick and choose, but apparently we're demonized or whatever. Um, so all of that just feeds into this uh, this story about someone just growing in the shadow of their own family's ancestry. And it's a coming of age story. It's a coming of age story, and what I love so much about it is it ties the magic directly to that, and that's my like complaint with medieval fantasy and stuff like that right. where it's just like i don't know the gods have magic or i don't know you know there just is <laughs> I, someone can cast a fireball but this one is like every time you do this protection spell 
it is based on all of the people before you. And that's where the horror stuff becomes this like uplifting. You feel that Eden Royce thinks about horror as a deeply positive thing, right? Yeah. The horror of these, these stories and these spells and all of that stuff is is a family story and there's nothing dark about it it just happens to be about death and sacrifice but who are we to like categorize that as something demonic basically the terrifying parts of the story aren't the horror yeah yeah (laughs) right like the terrifying parts of the story are the regular people yeah right absolutely and that's that's what's incredible is like the things that maybe other folks consider horrific or or terrifying Mm -hmm. because they're just afraid of of other you know the other right right the othering other people right um and that's that's really what this story is about is like the the true terrifying <laughs> terrifying nature of this story is yeah i mean essentially everybody else right every <laughs> yeah. time something seems scary like there are monsters and there's like horror mm-hmm. scenes where it's like what is going on with yep. this monster but the story every time is like Oh, actually, the you know we kind of live in like a sort of synergy with these yeah. these monsters and these and and death is a part of life and sacrifice is a part of that and I mean Jezebel's whole goal certainly is to do a kind of root magic that doesn't involve death, but like yeah, she doesn't win that bat. It's not like she just proves no. there's a perfectly. She does a lot of things that like proves. It, it doesn't have to be all bad and monsters aren't all bad, but it also is still like, I mean, we do still have to do some of these there's things. Still animal some, sacrifice. Some sacrifice. And there's other yep. sacrifices in this book. Uh, yep. We can talk about, well, EJ, you, you had some comparison points. So maybe we should talk about the kind of cop stuff and the reality stuff that happens in this. And, and you had a comparison to, uh, this book has a very similar ending to an incredibly famous uh book about i think so i really think so i mean uh this is kind of a weird uh comparison point because it's kind of the opposite story Uh um but uh to kill a mockingbird is an interesting comparison point for this book and i know that that's sounds a little bit weird but there's i mean the end of this book ends in a very similar way of of just kind of uh (laughs) You know, uh, the white sheriff shows up and, yeah. you know, is just like, okay, well, everything's in order. And we're going to let something slide. Right, we're going to let something I mean. slide. Right. <laughs> and so, like, that was really my biggest comparison point to, to Kill a Mockingbird. There's also, you know, a lot of other themes that are similar, such as it's the American South. And, yeah, yeah. You know, in a time period that is is not conducive for, for black people to live. Uh, right. Uh, to live freely in some ways, you know, live to their fullest uh, ability because they're being oppressed, you know? So, uh, and that's some of the themes that are hidden into kill a mockingbird, I think, and could have been brought more to the forefront. But in this book, obviously they are totally brought to the forefront. They're totally on the forefront. And it's also things like, you know, the, the, the story of boo Radley and how the kids in to kill a mockingbird just sort of fantasize about boo Radley. This cranks that up to a level. It's actual, they mythologize boo Radley. This is like, well, there actually is a real myth. (laughs) You know, in to kill a mockingbird, it's like, Oh, boo Radley kind of shows up out of nowhere to, to, to make some things happen. And in this one, it's like, Oh, the magic actually like super duper turns out to be like, very impactful and real and like can settle some scores or whatever yeah to kill a mockingbird is making up fantasies in your head that that aren't real about people right like Mm -hmm. because in in to kill a mockingbird uh just a slight spoiler here to boo radley is kind of a uh, is a figure that the kids in the book um 
demonize yeah. uh, in, in a way. You know, uh, they don't know who he is just because they don't know. Right. You know, they don't know who this person is, and therefore they're afraid right. of Boo Radley. Eden Royce and, has basically written To Kill a Mockingbird from Boo Radley's perspective, or, in or a way, more importantly, from Boo from Boo Radley's like niece's perspective that's right. that's what root magic is is a book it about feels Boo radley's niece amongst yeah. all of the events going on in this thing uh so yeah. it's it's cool it is such a brilliant book um that i was so deeply surprised by um so much of it feels really raw and real too um in a way again the thing we talk about all the time on that we kind of overstate on this show but it, it certainly does not talk down to anybody nope. about these topics I, I think the first half of this book is even like perfect there was a point in sort of the the maybe like middle third where mm -hmm. i felt like we're really focusing just on jez and jay learning yeah uh, the magic to, to, and it sort of yeah. it sort of turns the wheels for a little bit there right uh, but very much a movie montage moment yeah there's like to, a movie montage yeah. moment and there's a lot of um stuff just in jez's head because she for a while there's a section of this book where she's just going through really weird internal stuff she's like yeah, only she's eating, trying to right? figure it out she basically gets haunted or whatever and yeah. uh it's it's a weird section of the book but it all feeds to you know, all of, it, it, it's got kind of like a series of episodes, basically a series of events yeah. that happened to Jezebel that, that then all feed into the ending of how she feels about all of this um, magic. So I, I just think it's so perfectly entangles all of these elements of like real world politics, real world families and ancestral magic and ancestral stories like all of those things are perfectly blended together and the stories are so good it's yeah. like it, that's what's so incredible about this book i think that you will really enjoy if you you pick it pick it up dear listener you'll <laughs> dear you'll, listener. you'll you'll uh you'll really enjoy the the way that the stories intertwine each character and how how they are you know how they interact with jezebel i mean that's yeah. the, that's really what this story is about is an interaction with our main character yep. and the moving in and out and all these parts. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we'll read a better book. <laughs> I'll, I yeah. say that now. I mean, I've said that about a couple of books sure. so far. I mean, definitely the avatar books, but I don't know if we'll read a better book. Yeah. Uh, the cop stuff in this, yeah. um, just to kind of touch on a, another point, um, because this is part of a big part of the story. Mm -hmm. It's the American South and, there is specifically the antagonist of this book yeah. is a white cop who is just harassing this family. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. It's, it's a huge theme of the book. The fact that it can get incorporated, you know, the, the fact that, like I said earlier, the, the terrifying parts of this book are not the horror parts of this book. Yep. It's this stuff. It's this guy. Um, this <laughs> is it's essentially one guy. Yeah. He, yeah. he basically provides the, all of the scary parts of this book, all of the actual moments when there's actual danger involved. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are moments in this book, like you said earlier, where it feels like there's danger involved. And in the end, there really may not have been, you know, there, there is, but also not, you know, kind of sure. deal. Every single scene with this one cop, is dangerous right. and you feel it yeah, like yeah, i i don't know if i've ever felt so like i mean my chest got tight at the yeah. end where i was just like when i was listening to this book and and i mean stuff's going down yeah and you're, and you're sitting there and you were wondering you really are wondering you're like okay everything else turned out okay yeah this very well might not and there's even a moment 
um, yes. where it gets, I mean, it gets like very dark, close to death for one yeah. of our characters. And well, and, just it, like, and it, and revi- it, the, the big reveal, uh, at the end is tied to that as well. And, and right. what, what is so cool about it is how it ties itself back to the magic, which is because, uh, throughout the rest of the book, Jez has befriended a literal monster yeah. and the monster is kind of re- remorseful about uh, basically the monster references like the the yeah. bad things I've done and you know maybe maybe I'm not all a good friend and Je- and Jez has to like still be right. trepidatious yeah. around yeah. something she has befriended it basically like it doesn't excuse anything um bad or good in either direction and like it paints this story of like sometimes bad things happen to and and that is helpful and that doesn't make it good or bad it makes it the thing that happened and the thing we have to react to after the fact and we just have to be able to to move on from those things and we have to know who did the things and what that means and how we treat them going you know it's like it it is but trepidatious of everyone right it's like the, right. the, the, it doesn't just uh there isn't one person that just saves the day and then we get to go okay there's our savior and we get to trust them implicitly forever nope. it's like someone saves the day they did it by some dark means and we still kind of got to let's keep an eye on them and, and there's the white sheriff over there and he seems like he has good intent but he's, he's also not he's kind of banal and not always that helpful which means he's can't really be trusted and then like you know i trust my mom but oh my god she has a gun what is happening yeah. like yeah. just everything mom's got a gun in this one folks mom in the end has a gun and that's incredible so yeah. I don't there, know. There's, Just read there's this a darkness to everything. Please read this book. A and more importantly, uh, similar to like our To Kill a Mockingbird uh, thing, th- I see no reason this book shouldn't like be a book that is taught in school. Oh, like, man. like what is the literature? I don't know anymore. Right? To, EJ and I were kids in school 20 years ago. We read The right. Hatchet. Oh boy, uh, The Hatchet. <laughs> the Learn time. how to be a nice wilderness <laughs> survival as a eight year old. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't have its themes are fine. I was a Boy Scout. I was. I really liked The Hatchet. That doesn't mean I care about what I learned from it. This book, even though it's mod, this is like a modern classic to me, and I just think I they agree. need to put this. Twenty twenty one. This book was released. Yeah, uh, yeah. All the literature that's taught in schools. I I really hope that there has been an evolution. I wanted to touch on that point. Just uh, I don't know what they're reading. Um, yeah. You know, my daughter's in kindergarten right now, um, so she's still reading picture picture books. Sure. She's hardly reading. Yeah. Essentially, she's still learning her alphabet. Yeah, so yeah. you know, it'll still be a few years before I can you know, be like, Oh, what are you bringing home? You know, what am I, what am I looking at? What are we, what are we reading? You know? Um, and I just hope it's evolved. I mean, like, like you said, the hatchet while a fine book isn't going to teach me uh, a lot more about (laughs) kind of how things are, you know, because a lot of this book, even though it's set in 1963 speaks a lot to, you know, the present. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a. You, you can draw comparison points to this story and things that happen in the news. That's why. To, day, that's why to kill a mockingbird. This book is going to help kids unpack bad right. news of the modern day. You know what I mean? Like something. Right. Yeah, you can read this book, and then when inevitably these horrible things that keep happening happen again, you have a touching point to sit down and be like, "Well, let's talk about this story that we read together." and maybe how that relates to to what's happening over here and like there's just so much 
I think, important work that can be gained from this book. I just, I, I desperately want more from Eden Royce. I don't know that this, yeah. this, this only slightly gives off the vibe that she has like an intent to write more stories with this character. I don't know. I mean, she certainly seems like she wants to write more stories in this, uh, with, with these themes. It seems like that's what she's been writing for a long time and finally chose to do a kid's I, book, but I'd really like to actually see this, yeah, advance into like kind of a young adult series sure. from here, you know, like yeah. uh, Jezebel, maybe when she's like 16, 17, right. you know, she's had six some or seven training. years to kind of get some stuff right. worked out. Well, now- and, and very importantly, this book ties itself to some incredibly real world mm-hmm. events i mean i'll, I'll spoil this because it's like a really kind of out of nowhere chapter but like it does this, happen out of nowhere this book just completely covers the death of jfk and what that means <laughs> to this community like that was incredible there, it's, it's wild i mean this book has three funerals in it basically uh yeah that's that's how much this book sort of reveres the importance of death and and makes a point to talk about what various different deaths mean for someone i mean it's like Here's the death yeah. of someone you knew. Here's the death of someone you absolutely didn't know at all, but was probably important. And here's the death of someone you didn't know at all, but was definitely important. And it's it's like very hard to quantify all these things. And it, it God, I could talk about this book forever. But uh, but yeah, it's know. it's crazy that we've talked this long about this book and have barely said anything about what is actually in this book. Yeah, you have to go read it, everybody. <laughs> you just have to read it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what an incredible book this I'm, week, man. I'm so Good stoked. Pick. So, uh, next week, we are uh, working on some new project stuff. We have a goal of kind of covering some award-winning uh, writers and illustrators and authors and stuff. And our next yeah. one is David Weissner, who won the Caldecott Awards for a few books, um flotsam the three pigs and tuesday um Mm -hmm. and i I don't know exactly we're gonna try to get a hold of all of them we'll see what we get a hold of but we want to cover some david weissner stuff we want to cover some award-winning stuff uh now that we've kind of done a few things just out of uh you know out of left field or whatever and i think taylor despero was you know from an author who had won some awards but that book specifically wasn't but it turned our eyes on to some awards we probably should be paying attention to if we want to properly learn yeah. about like children's literature. So we're going to start keeping an eye on what those uh, what those awards are for. Yeah, and if you think of any awards as well, send it to our email. Matt will post in our email yeah. here sure. right now. <laughs> this is where our email goes. <laughs> you can email us at justdadsreadingbooks at gmail.com. <laughs> once matt posts that in you'll be able to send us an email about uh anything um you know we'd be happy to receive any emails that yeah. you have about suggestions uh well and stuff like that so the hardest thing to follow with children's books is what we've learned the reason like we're doing david weissner is there is a very short list of right. authors and illustrators that are like repeat winners mm-hmm. the story of children's books is just like every year there's new blood and new stuff and new huge things which means there's just like way too much to comb through so we absolutely are taking recommendations of stuff to check out it's a well it's a well that is i think uh going to go right straight through the earth Um, (laughs) we will we will never find the bottom of this well it's sort of like uh, matt's other podcast oga where (laughs) it's just like there's not an end in sight i put it to you that there are probably uh, a great percentage more children's books than there are 
uh, video, video games. games in existence. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. what there can only be like there can only be like five hundred video games released a year, like <laughs> cap, right? Like, I mean, I don't know about that, maybe, but yeah, there's there, the problem is there's thousands of there's like books. sixteen thousand yeah. children's <laughs> books released a year at least. Like, I don't know how there's enough paper in the world. Wow. So, yeah. uh, hopefully, we just move to more digital editions. But hey, thanks for joining us this week, and yeah. uh, I'd like to thank my friend Matt. Matt, yeah. where can uh, people find you? Yeah, hey, why don't you, uh, I don't, do we have a Twitter? We don't have any socials for the show. This show is so chill. <laughs> you don't find EJ us. And I just want to, we're just dads <laughs> reading books, okay? That's, That's it. it. That's all we're, you need to know. We're here to read books. Yeah, we're here to read books, not read tweets, all right? So leave me alone. Yeah, Now, we got, we got discords that uh, are for my other shows, but, you know, this is this is a new thing. Yeah. So please come hang out with us on Old Gamers Almanac. Please come hang out with us on Space Cats, Peace Turtles, if you're into video games or board games, respectively. <laughs> board game. But again. Just, just email us. Just talk to us. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how this community grows. If we, if we even can call it a community. I'm mostly here to hang out with my friend EJ and talk about uh-huh. good books. And I'm here to talk about good books with my friend Matt. So yeah. uh, join us next week, and we uh, hope you enjoy the conversation. Yeah. That was. Bye. Oh, that was beautiful. We <laughs> hope you enjoy the conversation. Mm, it's like a, it's like the end of a, a talk show. <laughs> <laughs>